Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life podcast, and we are Empire Life Conscious Tech Company. We help entrepreneurs to launch online empires, and we interview online empire builders from all around the world, entrepreneurs. Today, we're with Desiree Cruz, and that's D-E-S-E-E-R-E, Cruz, and DesireeCruz.com. She's a lifestylist and desire coach, and I'll hand it over to her to intro herself a little bit more. Hi. Um, I was just talking to Allison, and I'm so glad that we're finally doing this uh, because it was definitely a spot for us to get on, and as busy entrepreneurs and women, um, we often like get distracted because our focus is like so out there, and so I'm really excited to be on here um, to get started. Um, you know, my normal intro is that, yeah, I'm a desire coach. I'm a lifestylist. I'm the queen to my king, and I am a totally orgasmic parent of two crazy little boys. Um, one of them thinks I'm Firestar, and the other one thinks I'm Wonder Woman, and that's great. I can do all those things. Um, and what's more important to me is just that, like, they're being raised in a, like, house of love and approval. Um, I coach women primarily. I do have a couple male clients, but I coach women primarily to like help them find balance and love and um, like just really get back and connected to what their purpose and their passion is. And, um, you know, I have found that while I may not be the very best and top paying um, person in my industry and in all of my fields, I'm the only one that actually I've found that combines all the fields of relationship business purpose um, and uh, health all together because you really have to integrate and then spirituality sorry like that was the fourth um, you have to integrate all of them in order to keep them all moving and keep your life full and happy and so um, that's a little bit about me and my style and what I do uh, <clears throat> can so you give me an example Desiree about combining those four together and we talked a little bit off air about that what does that look like yeah. So one of the things that it looks like is that if you're, um, we were talking about love and money. Like that was the big thing was like love and money. And I think that also that goes into your, your spirituality and, and then all of that's like your health. But so if you're an entrepreneur or if you like whatever job you're doing, if you feel like you're not making enough money, then money and love are in the same vibration. And if you aren't able to see, receive money, then you probably can't receive love either. So like your business is stuck. Your relationships probably need a little bit of work as well. And um, the way that you can get unstuck there is to actually tap back into your, your purpose and your spirituality. So sometimes a session might look like clearing out a block around past trauma in order for you to receive your love um, from your relationships or from your family. And then through that, then you, all of a sudden these like wonderful things open up for you in your business too. So then you can receive the money you're looking for. And how that affects your health is that a lot of times if you, um, your body is an indication or it'll give you symptoms of where you're stuck. And so you may like feel tired or run down or slow because you're off purpose. You're not doing the thing that you're the most passionate about you should be doing in the world. And that all just ties together. So um, often in a session, like we'll go through all of those things and touch on all of those things so that you feel like refreshed and back on track and back in alignment by the time you're done. Mm, I love that. 
<clears throat> have you noticed the correlation between also when, especially with female entrepreneurs, when they become more visible and that increases their vulnerability, that they feel a little bit more tired or they feel like, I'm not sure, and they start to take a step back and, okay, I'm going to take another step forward. Like, how will you, how will you handle that kind of situation? Yeah, well, what I find often with female entrepreneurs is that we have this like <laughs> woman mentality of we got to do and serve and attention out and attention out. And um, we, we are givers. Like we're, it's a, just, we want to give, 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 give. And we forget that like, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, if we're not putting that oxygen mask on first, if we're not looking at our vessel that's delivering the message to the world, then we get exhausted if we get too much in production mode or we answer too many calls to do instead of to sit back and feel and like be, then, um, then we like it, our energy starts to, to drain because it's not, um, it's not actually on purpose. So a great example would be, I was working with this wonderful woman who's a super creative, like she's a love coach. She's got tons of energy. She's fully aligned spiritually. And she's like running herself ragged because all of these people are coming to her and asking her to do like video production and tech work and websites. And, um, and that's not actually in her zone of genius. In her zone of genius is to like coach people and love people and show them how to love. And, um, we actually did a whole session around like, you got to stop it. You just, I said, if it is not within these three things that you're supposed to be doing, um, you call me and I will help you get back on track because you are not allowed to do anything other than these three things anymore. <laughs> Somebody calls you to do a new like speaking engagement. If it's not on your purpose, um, you have to say no. And by doing that, she actually all of a sudden like opened up all these other areas of revenue for herself because she was able to say no to the things that were like exhausting her and like more um, like it was her expansion. Like sometimes you have to kind of contract in order to expand again. Yeah, I completely agree. I heard something recently too about, well, our Gary V says, let go of a friend, gain a friend. Or like to con consistently take an inventory or look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with and do they really want to see me win? Are they, are they dragging me, I guess, dragging my energy or is, like, how do I feel after I leave that conversation? And I, yeah. I feel like that's hard for women too. I told her, I said, listen, you've got to look at, is your service serving you? Because your purpose is to serve the greater good. And if your service isn't serving you, then you're not able to actually live your purpose. Yeah. Asking like, how is this serving me? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to be doing this, you know, interview for this company um, or for this uh, wellness show that she was doing, it's like if I'm going to be doing that interview in service to somebody, um, is it actually serving my greater purpose? Is it on in alignment with my message that I'm trying to focus and get out into the world? Does it feel good? Do I, am I generating more energy for myself or is it something where I'm like efforting and then, um, it just like, I feel slow and heavy in my body. And I think that's another part of like our health and being in touch with our body is like, um, you can tell if you should be doing something in your business because do you feel light and excited and like energized to do it? Or do you feel like you have to like push yourself through and just super sluggish? Yeah, I completely agree. I, 
I do feel that there's certain ebbs and flows that we also need to be aware of and that something might take all of our energy and we're tired in a good way. Like there's sometimes be waking up and like, I'm so happy to be exhausted because yesterday I did everything that I wanted to, to be doing and it, and it fulfilled right. me. But that's a completely different than what you're talking about. I, that's like, I feel like what you're talking about, it can feel depressive and anxious or sometimes negative feelings as opposed to I'm so happily exhausted. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the difference between like spending a day where I do like five coaching sessions back to back and then spending a day where I'm like going through paperwork and working on taxes. You know, it's like they're both exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them you're just like, oh, I feel so unfulfilled. I feel so on purpose. And the other one's like, eh. and you know, that's the thing is like outsource that. I say outsource the masculine. <laughs> outsource the stuff that like doesn't inspire you. Unless somebody enjoys doing that. Yeah, like the outsource is the stuff that doesn't inspire you. So if it's, not, um, if it's not an inspiration to you, if it doesn't, like some people really love checking off checkboxes, you know, that's like feels really good to them. Um, you know, some people really love spreadsheets and they're like feel super accomplished when they're doing their spreadsheets. But if that's not the thing that like fuels you to be more, um, to be able to do more, then yeah. Go and outsource that stuff. <laughs> yes, I agree. And I want to shift a little bit. Can we go into what orgasmic parenting means to you? Yeah. So I'm a little bit of a word nerd, and I have a um, degree in political theory and classical Greek history. And part of that was actually learning Greek. Now, I only know about five words in Greek anymore. Um, <laughs> but what I did learn through that, and one of the words that I will always remember, is the verb orgizdomai. And um, I like when I was going through my coaching certification several years ago, I was really surprised that when the word orgasm um, comes up in conversation, people immediately think that it's all about sex and penetration and that shudder and that climax at the end. And it's actually the root of the word, or the word means um, to become excited or to be excited. And so when you think of like this idea of, to live a life of excitement, to be in orgasm all the time because you're excited all the time. Um, and I'm not saying like you have to be a cheerleader and up and like, but I'm saying to be turned on in the sense that it feels good. Again, you're on your purpose. Um, it's fueling you and you love what you do. You have a passion for it. Um, that to me is to be in an orgasmic state. Um, so whether you're in business or you're in, um, a relationship or you're parenting. And I know that it, like, I get a lot of like, what the hell, like parenting, orgasmic parenting, like, let's not talk about that around our kids. I'm like, no, they are actually, so children by nature are orgasmic all the time. <laughs> so why would we not like cultivate that in them? And then why would we not use them as a reflection of how we should be parenting them? So I'm going to be doing some courses coming up around how can we parent from a place of orgasm, of parent from a place of excitement of what we're doing. Um, one of the most like hurtful and devastating things that my ex-husband said to me when we were separating, and I don't think he did it. He wasn't trying to hurt. Like, but when he said it, I was like, it just all the way to my core. Even right now, I like want to like cry to think about it. But he's like, your children are not a job. And they're not. 
like, and when we treat our children as a job, we, um, we stop honoring the thing in us that actually wanted to create them. So orgasmic parenting is around switching our mindset and the way that we interact with our children so that they can feel the reason why we created them out of love, out of purpose, out of passion, and out of excitement. I love that. I love that, Desiree. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. I, I do feel like a lot of parents go into treating it like a job. I know I'm guilty of saying that before. <clears throat> and oh, yeah. I guess the purpose of why I said it was out of a positive intention, though, is like I need to make space for this because I tend to be a workaholic and I've had, I launched my first company when my daughter was about one and a half. And that was the way for me to be like, okay, this is the space for her to treat it as this is, this deserves a certain amount of time. And Mm -hmm. that helped me to be able to block off time for her. Or now I, you know, I block off a certain amount of time for her every day. So I totally, you know, in the afternoon, phones go off on the weekends that I have my children, like social media, all that stuff is like definitely at a minimum. Um, And it's, it's exactly that thing where like as a working mom, you get so immersed in like the calls from everybody else and whoever's screaming the loudest usually gets the most attention, right? When you're, it's your children or the business or like whatever it is, it's like whoever's screaming the loudest gets the most attention. And I think one of the things that, well, I know one of the things that we will go over in these workshops is like how to integrate your children into your purpose so that you don't feel like you're constantly having to like separate or block off or not be a parent. And one of the reasons why I talk so much about it when I'm talking about my relationships and like in business and I talk so much about parenting is because we do this so that we can have a better life for our kids, you know, exactly. people forget that. And my children, um, they actually want to do things with me. So one of the workshops and my ultimate goal, I haven't cleared this with their dad yet, but I'm sure it'll be fine is to actually use them. Um, they're some of my greatest teachers. When I was getting my coaching certification, the, my four-year-old, he was one and a half or two at the time, very limited vocabulary. One of the best coaches I ever had because he <laughs> would ask questions. He would not accept a yes or no answer. And he would just be like, okay, keep talking. He would be like, use more words. And I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, but, and he would, not, he wasn't afraid to ask any of the like hard questions because they just don't have the filter that we do. And so like you can learn so much from your children. But one of the things I want to do is actually incorporate them into the workshop so that people can see that the kids, like they're not another being, like they're not a, they, they're like, so it's like, sorry, not like separate like class or whatever. It's like, they're just mini versions of all of us. You know, it's like, yes, they have the same thoughts. And if anything, their thoughts are more pure. They're more honest because they haven't learned to like not do it. And, um, part of that also, so going back to the, like a little bit of my story was that I used to think that in order to be a good mom in order to be a good woman in order to be a good wife, I had to stay home with the kids. I had to shut down all of my desire. I had to like make certain types of meals and be available certain things. And so like I was fucking miserable and I was lonely because I had two tiny kids that like couldn't hear me really yet. 
And um, I had to learn like to love myself again after that and to forgive myself and to give myself more grace. Um, and then also learn what it was like to have self-care and be selfish so that I could have more to give to them. And then I learned how to incorporate them into my self-care and how to be selfish by being with them. And that was the big shift for me in being able to um, live a more complete and full life. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And then that translates into them understanding how to give themselves the self-care because now my, my daughter is uh, almost 11 and I feel like she's, she's gotten to the point where she can then communicate to me over the past few years, I need space right now or I'm going to do yeah. that. I'm going to do that. And, and I give her that. I hold that container for her because she know, and then she holds it back for me. So we're capable to have, and, and going back to what you said, I, when I'm telling stories about my childhood, I revisit also, why did I do that? When somebody asks me specifically, why did you do a certain thing? It's usually always because, well, it felt good. It, that, that's what felt good. <laughs> like we lose that sight, the sight of that as adults, like that I did that. Okay. I want to, I want to feel good. Yeah. It's that simple for me. I feel like going back to how am I going to feel tomorrow with this decision? Am I going to feel good? What do I need right now to feel good in this situation? It's not yeah. selfish, and that's not selfish, like you were saying. And, and, doing, and doing that doesn't – sometimes just doing the thing that feels good and, like, just doing it instead of just thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it is actually – it's more generative, first of all, because you're just done, you've done the thing that felt good, and then you're also not spinning out and wasting energy on thinking about how you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, and exactly. So one of my orgasmic parenting lessons, and this is a little, little controversial here, but was around the first time that my son, um, and I share this often, the first time my son ever experimented with masturbation. And it was like literally that place where we don't talk about that because like sex is bad and sex is dirty and we don't want to talk about how sex, like we have sex to feel good, right? Um, because there must be some kind of intent behind it. There must be some agenda behind it instead of just like stop thinking and, you know, indulge in your partner or have it to feel good, to like regenerate. But the reason why I bring that up is that, you know, children don't have all of those thoughts yet. They don't have the, um, the framework to think in like that way. They just haven't been taught or exposed to that yet. So when you're very young and you're playing with yourself, um, you're doing it because it feels good. There's no other reason. And so like when, when we start to shame that and we don't just like ask them, so why are you doing it? Okay, great. You're fe it feels good. Like here's some containers in which you can do it in a private way, and um, and it's it's hygienic and it's sanitary and it's social. You know, people aren't gonna like freak out because you're playing with yourself in public. But like all of these, like this conversation really came about because I was like, I don't want to put any um, shame on pleasure. You know, there there shouldn't be a shame. It's a natural thing. It's something that we are naturally inclined to do. And by doing it and filling ourselves up in self-care, um, then we actually have more to like give and have service of. And so it was just this really like, I remember my mom, she was sitting on the kitchen counter laughing her ass off at me <laughs> as I'm trying to like manage this space of like, 
she, I mean, I know she didn't have that conversation with me when I was a little like that, that just wasn't a conversation. Yeah. We never talked about that as well. Yeah. And, and like, I actually lived in a pretty open household. Like it was talked about my stepdad was a gynecologist and my mother was like dance naked under the moon whenever she got the chance. And, but it just wasn't talked about. And then I end up with two little boys and I have no idea what to do there. And their dad was like, oh, you get to have the conversation. I'm like, no, wait a second. I thought I got out of this. <laughs> and I didn't. And so it was like this opportunity in this moment where I could, um, you know, slow down and listen and parent. But back to the self-care, the idea that like we can apply that as an adult to, you know, we don't have to feel bad about giving ourselves some self-care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I felt bad. I was raised where I never saw my mom really give self-care to herself. I never saw her go to the spa. I heard about it from other women and it, and it was always talked about as, oh, that's, that's like what people do that they don't have. They have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. That's why mm. they go to the spa. They are able to take that break and for themselves. But for me, I feel like self-care needs to happen even on a micro level, even, even more so when you don't feel like you have enough. You're like, I need more and I want to open. Like you were saying, instead of contract, yeah. I open myself up, especially for female entrepreneurs that's like more feminine to be open and receiving and that you're capable to do that when you are and give yourself, draw yourself a bath or spend the day at the spa and I felt even sometimes guilty sharing that in a romantic relationship. They're like, where are you? Um, I'm at the spa. Uh, yeah, I'm at the spa. I still feel sometimes that they're going to judge me. Mm-hmm. And that's taken that for me. That was a lot of personal growth, not to judge myself even. Like I need this and I'm here and I'm taking it. I'm coming here and I'm receiving this Yeah, because I deserve this. And then whoever I'm with, is going to see that reflection. They're going to reflect that back to me. Like in the future, I will like to make sure that they hold the space for me to be at the spa more than one day a month or however much I want to be. <laughs> They're capable. Well, I think that some of that too is like they feel like um, it's not that they don't want you to have it. They just want to be involved. They want to know. And so like how can we actually involve others in our self-care to support ourselves? So it's like, oh, I'm at the spa that you, remember you booked this appointment for me, like, or, you know, asking them to like, hey, I need some help with my self-care. Like, would you book me an appointment? You can do it yourself, but isn't it feel great when somebody else like takes yes, care of you? Yes, it does. Um, or my, my boys, like I'll come home from a really intense weekend and they'll have been with their dad, but it doesn't mean that, um, you know, it's like you worked all weekend. So you still need your self-care. So how do you do that? And you'd be a parent. Well, like the boys, they love taking baths. And so, hey, boys, let's go take a salt bath. And so they'll go and like, they know that that's part of self-care now. So they'll go, you know, run a bath and they'll put salt in it. And like we put our swimsuits on or whatever it is, like depending on the age, you know, and it's like we all get in the bath together. So we all get our salt bath. <laughs> it's a little more rowdy than what we would probably want. But, you know, they, that's teaching them too, to like slow down and take care. And we're modeling that behavior to them. We're, we're showing them that that's okay. Yes, I completely agree. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your relationship course that you're going to be teaching coming up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Jason McLean and I, um, the self expert of self-esteem or master of self-esteem and the desire diva, we are going to be teaching a course on 
relationships, um, whether you're single or you're a couple and you're in a relationship, but basically we're going to take our combined um, relationship experiences of like, you know, eight serious, like really intense relationships, both of our divorces and talk about how um, your self-esteem, your self-care, your selfishness um, is really like they're the trifecta of being in a healthy relationship. And we're going to go through like tools to overcome conflict, tools to come into like actually how to design the relationship that you want, not the relationship that your mom and dad said you're supposed to have or the relationship that your best friend has, but like what is resonant with you? What works for you? Um, you know, not everybody, especially entrepreneurs have time to go on three dates a week you know, and, um, not everybody gets to go on if you're a mom and you don't get to go on vacations every month necessarily. Um, but so like what kind of relationship works for you where you feel love, you can give love and then how to work through like, you know, your, your conflicts, how to, um, cause anybody that is in a relationship that has no conflict, I'm sorry. If there's no conflict whatsoever in your relationship, most people, 98% of people get bored and that's when the relationship blows up. That's when like you, um, you create a lot of drama or destruction in order to create excitement because you need that fire and that passion. So like, how do you keep that passion going? How do you, um, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and if people have met Jason and I, we are like the, the fire and ice. We are like, you know, we definitely, um, have a lot of love and we've really like loved for each other, but our relationship has been very fiery, very passionate and a full of a lot of growth too. So that's one of the things too, is really, really like having, I, I was at a goddess retreat this weekend and one of the women in the circle said, um, Oh gosh, what I wouldn't give to be in a relationship with an empowered man. I said, mm. careful what you ask for, ma'am. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because um, when you're in that kind of relationship and that wake up conscious relationship, um, they're going to challenge you and they're going to get into those deeper spots and those vulnerable, like tricky spots that, that hurt and they're uncomfortable. But those are the places where um, we need the most healing sometimes. And we can do that in relationship with another person. That is so true. Yeah. That, that hundred million dollar question is like, and I say sometimes that triggered me and it's like, well, when you're with an empowered man, they will respond, well, let's talk about that more. Why is that triggering you? Mm -hmm. It just is. But no, that's not, no, just is, is not a <laughs> answer. We need to talk about why and go deep into that. Is there a story behind that? And you're like, oh, I just wish for once you were like, accept it. No. But you don't like you yeah, actually want to heal that spot because you, do. you didn't. You do. Yeah. Like if you if you didn't want to heal that, he would not be in your presence. You would not have called him in to like mm -hmm. you wouldn't uh, to serve you in that way. Really, it is a service. It is. It is going both ways. It's it's really delicious. But like you said, a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And you're like crying and you're mad and you're angry and they're like they're fully present and you're like. Damn it! This is exactly what I asked for, and like, I, I can't receive it. You know, like you get stuck. Like you're like, no, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. You grip, and it's like, no, this is exactly what you asked for. It's exactly what you want, and then your work is to learn to receive it. <laughs> mm, that is so true. 
I actually got pretty angry with a lot of my sister goddesses out there the other day because it was right after Valentine's Day and I was talking to a lot of men that were single that um, friends of mine and a client a couple of my clients and they were talking about how like they want to be romantic they want to love they want to put attention they want to have the goddess and the queen to their king and how women like would reject them or they like wouldn't call them back or they would ghost or they would like you know brush them off or like tell it like be feisty and say oh I don't want you to pay for that or I don't want you to pick it up or I don't want you to open my door you know and and get really um just like kind of petulant in a relationship and I was like so frustrated because I've like I literally had probably talked to like 10 men that week that had this same feeling of frustration of like wanting to be in relationship and then I go onto like social media and I see all these women oh men are not available and men are not emotionally mature and men don't want this and men don't and I was like oh my gosh, there's so much confusion out there. And I just wanted to scream. I was like, women, receive, sisters, open. Like, let yes. them love you and, and tell them exactly how they can do it. <laughs> yes, that, that's part of it too. Sometimes you need to lead the horse to the water. Yeah. Okay, this is the path very gently, as gentle as possible, because you're still giving them the space to lead. Right. To be more of the alpha, if that's what you want. And though gently letting them know what you desire. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's like, are you a dictator or are you a leader in your relationship? Um, because a leader can, I, I think of often like when you're dancing with a partner and there's clearly like somebody, you, when you get into a partnership, there's, there's definitely like a lead, you know, but when you've danced with someone long enough in ballroom dancing, you're both leading, you're, le you're tapped in, you're tuned in, like, if you step one way, like he will follow and then he'll like add on to that move, you know? So there's a way where you can dance or you can wrestle. <laughs> true. True. Yeah, yeah. There's, there needs to be no wrestling. It's just exhausting. So you've got to, you know, and, and you've got to like surrender to being, letting him lead. But then by doing that, like you actually are leading yourself because you, your body and your cues and like your desire will come out. Like he'll know when you want to be spun and shown off and he'll know when you want to like just do the basic simple thing because your, your body language will tell him where to lead you. Yes, I agree with that. That's so true. That's so true. There's a lot of miscommunication around, around those topics too mm -hmm. between women and men. And <clears throat> before, we, before we wrap up or to wrap up, Desiree, oh, yeah. I would love to get your, your point of view on like if you were starting right now, what you wish somebody will have told you or what you wish that you knew now and I like three to five gold nuggets within, within that framework. Mm, yeah. Um, so some of the things that I wish that people had told me were um, that it's <laughs> you to get a coach, honestly, like get a coach to like hold you to, um, your path because there are so many places where as an entrepreneur you um, you start to like feel frustrated you get stuck and sometimes you can't coach yourself out of that like you need somebody else that can see your greater vision see your light and like reflect back to you what an amazing person you really are and what you have to offer to the world and then you know and sometimes that also might be like reflecting back to you 
where you need to grow. And so I wish that I had gotten my coach sooner than I did. Like, I'm really happy that she came along when she did and it worked for my relationship, which then catapulted into my business. But, um, if I'd had a coach from the very beginning and I was willing to do it then, like, I think that would have made a huge difference. Um, another one is that there is perfection in the imperfection and, I spent so much time trying to look good and not show all of my flaws and all of my vulnerability. And it was made me very unapproachable to people. And so it's through actually showing those parts of you that like, um, that make you different and show your mess that make you more relatable to other people. And they, and then like, you can actually like feel them more like in there. They, I now talk about how most of my clients have a BFF experience because they, I'm the person that they come to and they can say anything to. And that's something that we don't have in our lives anymore. Is like, we have somebody that like, we have a BFF, but then the BFF usually creates drama instead of like actually giving us the truth. And the true best friend experience is that friend that you've known for so long that will be willing to tell you the truth no matter what. So like, that's the vulnerable side of that. It's like, be vulnerable, tell the truth. Um, when you're, when you're out there, don't be afraid to show the mess because, um, everybody's got a mess, um, and outsource the things that you're not great at. So if you are not a social media expert, if you do not do, if you believe that websites are magic, which is what I do, I believe that websites are magic, have somebody else do it for you um, because you will spend 10 times the amount of energy doing that um, than you would if you just ask somebody else, um, like enrolled them in service to do it. And they love it. That turns them on. That gets them inspired. Um, and then you're, you're actually just helping the flow of life there. Like somebody else is then able to complete their purpose. So that is very true. Thank you, Desiree. Yeah, no problem. Cool. So, so I also, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll put the link up for your website. Yeah. Also at the bottom and, and thank you so much for spending this time with us. Absolutely. I will also, um, once everything's up, I'll link the relationship course, which is April 21st and 22nd in Austin, Texas. And early registration is through the end of March. I don't know if we're going to have this up before then or not, but, um, anyway, we'll, we'll get the link down there and, um, would, I'd love to see people in there to help create the yeah. love that they've always wanted. That'll be for fun. Yourself or, yeah. And so it's the titles create the love you've always wanted and it's whether for yourself or with another partner. Perfect. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Glad we finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo!